What's my pet peeve? Messy cat litter. Those furry little pads turn into cat litter super spreaders, leaving the already been used litter scattered across the floor for your bare feet to discover. The solution? World's best cat litter's new load tracking and dust control. It's quick clumping, made from corn so it doesn't stick to paws like clay, and specially formulated to stay where it belongs, in the box. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter for a happier, less littered home. I have sleep apnea, and I used to struggle with CPAP. Until recently, I hadn't had a good night's sleep since 2005. Do you remember 2005? We used cell phones like actual phones, and everyone wanted life hacks. Here's a life hack for anyone who struggles with CPAP. Get Inspire. It's a sleep apnea treatment that works inside your body to give you comfortable, restful sleep. Learn more at InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Lady love, your love is peaceful like a summer's breeze. That's tender as a baby's touch You give me all of the things That I need so much You're my world, lady love Lady love Your love is cooling like a winter snow And welcome back to the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And if you'd like to find out what's going on the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, visit simultv.com. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is a young lady we've had the pleasure of not only having on the show many times before, and she was hosting her own show on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And I'm talking about Sharon Lynn Wyeth. Now, Sharon is founder and creator of Mnemology Science, the study of the placement of letters in a name after 15 years of research followed by three years of testing in over 70 countries. She has evaluated thousands of names since 1995. Her best-selling book, Know the Name, Know the Person, is the first in the sequence, followed by Know the Name, Know the Spirit, and Know the Name, Know How to Connect. You may have seen her on Good Day LA, New York City's Fox News, Good Morning Arizona, and on various other uh, cities, including NBC, CBS, and ABC, or have heard her interviewed on any one of hundreds of radio interviews. Today, she is hired by human resource departments in choosing appropriate candidates to interview, lawyers in how to present cases to judges, and individuals who wish to know themselves better and maximize their ability to connect with others. She also assists nationally and internationally uh, in naming new businesses, new products, and when people wish to change their names. Joining me now is the one and only 
Sharon Lynn Wyeth. And Sharon, welcome back home. It's so nice to be with you again, Rob. Thanks for the invite. You know, you're always welcome here, my friend. Always. Um, I, uh, I would imagine that this time of year, we're talking, we're getting ready into the holiday seasons, that this would be an ideal gift for anyone who is really stuck on what to get a certain person for the Christmas holidays. Uh, before we get into how it works, tell us how you discovered nemology. Well, I was doing the seating chart for my classroom at the beginning of the seventh year, and I was thinking, you know, don't put Joshua next to Julie because together they're going to be clowns and Stephanie, you know, separated, they'll be okay. And Stephanie's going to be stubborn, put her over on the side and Daryl's going to need extra help. And mm -hmm. literally, as I started doing the seating chart for my fourth class, I went, wait a minute, this is how my brain thinks once I know the kids, but I don't know these guys, you know, you just supposedly randomly putting down the names in a seating chart at the beginning of the year. And so I went back and I wrote down my impression of everybody from their name. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it three months later during winter break, was astonished at the accuracy and said, okay, being a math major and having my master's, I thought my brain has picked up some kind of pattern in people's names. Now, how do I make what's unconscious conscious? That took me 15 years. And then I went and tested it, as you said, in over 70 countries over wow. a three-year time period. And that's why it's really accurate today, because it went through a ton of testing and mm -hmm. in different languages, Rob. So as long as they're using our alphabet symbols, it works. Now, how do you, how do you explain the function that mathematics plays in the formulation of mnemology? There is no math involved, which is really nice for everybody that doesn't like math. Mm -hmm. It's literally the patterns. You know, math is patterns. And when it's taught like patterns, like, did you see this pattern or that pattern? It's really easy to do and easy to remember. And so my brain thoroughly trained in patterns yeah. started putting patterns together with the letters. So for an example, an ST, uh, is like in Stephanie that made her stubborn, it causes people to be stubborn or it causes them to be very persistent. You know, they don't give up. So you see a lot of professions that take a lot of years to get there, like attorneys and doctors. A lot of them have that ST in their name because they're very persistent. And everything shows up like two or three different ways in different combos so that all of us who want to be persistent don't have to have an ST in our name, you know, but it's, it's just combinations of letters. I looked at everything individually first with the letters and the placement of where they were because I couldn't understand why sometimes the A meant this, but sometimes it was showing up meeting this other thing until it dawned on me that the placement of where it was makes a huge difference. So like if it's a first letter in a name, that's the first impression you're giving somebody else. If it's the first vowel in a name, that's your communication style, your learning style, what makes you feel included or how you feel loved, how you show love. Uh, how you buy things, you know, how you can appeal somebody to upsell them or downsell them or whatever. Um, then there's the last letter in the name. And I always jokingly say that that's the first thing everybody talks about you behind your back, <laughs> what that last letter is. And then all the rest of the letters are middle letters. And so they have meanings based on their placement. But then I started noticing that there's combinations because like if we're sitting with people that we really enjoy, we're talkative and we may act one way. But if we're sitting around people that we don't care for, you know, we're going to act somewhat differently, be more quiet, be more subdued. And I started realizing that the letters do the same thing. 
And so who's friendly with what? So to me, all the letters have a personality. And it's like when I look at a name, it's like those letters are talking to me. You know, I can, I can attest to the ST being stubborn because one of our daughters is Stephanie. And she, <laughs> you nailed her to the T. You know, she, yeah. it, that, that is her to the T. Um, I, I'm sure a lot of listeners are saying, well, what's the difference between nemology and numerology? Is it just the numeric, uh, the numeric values in numerology that is different? Um, I don't do numerology at all, and there's no numeric values used at all. It's literally what letter is wow. placed where, and how does it play with the letters next to them. There's no numbers involved. So it's the combination of all the letters of the alphabet that are used in the science of nemology. Correct. And if you look at it, when you're doing numerology, you figure it out, and there's six six numbers that are important, three from your name and three from your birthday. Right. Okay, but there's only so six to the sixth power is the number of combinations you can get or uniqueness you can get in numerology. But in nameology, there's 26 letters and then however many letters you have in your name, that's how many to the power that you've got. So there's a lot more individualization and tons more combinations that you can possibly have. So you get a lot more information. and It's a lot more detailed. So does how we say a name differ when it comes to nemology to the way that the name is spelt? The answer is yes and no. <laughs> the, well, thank so, you very much. <laughs> so if it's, it's, the placement is the most important. However, if you hear a letter that is not written, like in Xena, okay. it's an X-E-N-A, but you hear a Z, yeah. then you interpret both the X and the Z as if both were there. So the answer is yes, the sound makes a difference. Now, would nemology work in other languages that use the alphabet? As long as they're using our symbols, mm -hmm. it works. And like I said, it got tested everywhere. I spent a year in China and two years in Japan attempting to figure out from the hanji and the kanji if I could make a correlation. And it, it doesn't work. You've got to be able to use our lettering system. Hmm. What has been your, what was the pivotal moment in, in your, in your development of nemology when you realized that, oh my God, look what I've developed? Really when I was on airplanes, um, I was traveling a lot and giving a lot of talks and I was sitting on this one airplane with this person and I, I, I always thought I feel badly for anybody to get stuck next to me on an airplane <laughs> because I'm picking their brain the whole time to say, do you know anybody with this combination? Tell me about them. You know, I was always doing more right. research. And there was a couple that were having a lot of difficulties and they literally were sitting in the, the aisle in the window seat and I was stuck between them. <laughs> and and so I started this thing with that, and they were telling me about how they didn't get along. And I said, well, what's your full name and what's your full birth name? And I said, okay, guys, it's really simple. Here's the problem. Here's how you're pushing each other's buttons. And it's really simple if you would just present it this way. Stop telling him what to do, but instead ask. You know, and, and if you would just, you know, instead of pushing her buttons, you know, give a compliment once in a while because she's overly sensitive to criticism. And if you just learn how to talk to each other, you don't have to change your personalities, just change how you're wording things. All this could go away. And they called me 
you know, like a month later right. and said how much that short airplane ride conversation had helped them improve their relationship and they were really enjoying being married again. And right. I that's when it really dawned on me. I said, this stuff is powerful. You and I have to take our first break for this hour. Please stand by, Sharona, at Exonation. If you'd like to find out more about our guest this hour, visit www.knowthename.com and thenamelady.com. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exon from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. My name's Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your Quarter Pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Got this feeling down deep in my soul that I just can't lose. Guess I'm on my way. Need any friend? And the way I feel now, I guess I'll be with you till the end. Guess I'm on my way. Mighty glad you stayed. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. My guest this hour is Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and uh, if you'd like to uh, visit Sharon's website, knowthename.com and thenamelady.com. Sharon, do we grow into our name, or somehow do our parents actually have the good intention and intuition on what to call us? Well, according to when there were still only seven religions on the planet, mm-hmm. they all agreed on some basic ideas. And one of them was that the incoming soul impresses upon the one that's going to be naming them what they want to be called. So like if it's the oldest male relative, like it is in Turkey, or it's the shaman of the tribe, like it is with the Indian tribes, they're going to get across, the soul's going to cross what they want to be called. And so... Uh, it is the parents' intuition to listen or to hear it, but the soul's going to keep making sure that they get the right name. So do we grow into it? I think it's all 
planned on what experiences we'd like to have. I think the soul already has the knowledge, mm-hmm. but we don't have the depth and breadth of the experience that goes with the knowledge. For an example, we may know Einstein's theory of relativity that E equals MC squared, but not know where the numbers come from that go into the formula when you got to tweak the formula when a different formula is better to, to be used because we don't have the experience that goes with the utilization of that formula. So I think the soul has a great deal of knowledge, but it doesn't have the experiences to back up that knowledge. And so the soul is coming in with a plan on what experiences it wants to gain. And the coolest thing, Rob, in the name is it literally spells out the seven different areas that the soul wishes to have experiences and which ones are going to keep coming around your entire life, which ones are what I call the one and dones. You know, like once you got it, like let's say you came to learn how to play a song on the piano. Mm -hmm. So you had to learn how to play the piano, but that's a one and done. So now when you want to play another song, you don't have to relearn how to play the piano. You know, it's a a one and done. So we have three one and dones, two that keep coming around that are really the depth and breadth of why we're here. And then the last two I call gifts from God. And the reason for that is that once you accomplish and you get the breadth and the depth of those two things, those two goals that you're here for, there's always like a gift that comes from the universe for doing it. So it to me, it's just amazing all the information that's in a name. And I do believe that as we're growing, there's timelines in a name. So we are growing into different component parts of the name because you're not going to do all of it when you're born. So the you name, know? So the name is the roadmap to the rest of your life. Yes, I look at it as it's your contract with God, um, and it's your blueprint. So there's there seems to be an aspect of the esoteric and philosophy involved in pneumology. There is simply because I started meditating when I was 18, but when I was 13, I started reading a different book every year that to me was, if you understand the great philosophies of the world, Mm -hmm. you'll understand life better. When I was in elementary school, I read biographies. I was fascinated by people's biographies, thinking that if I read what the greats did and how they lived their lives and what mistakes they made, then I would make new mistakes. I wouldn't make their mistakes. And then starting in eighth grade, I read the entire Bible. And then the next year, you know, was the Book of Mormon. And the next year was the Bhagavad Gita. And every year I took one of those big books and figured out how much I had to read every day and able to get through it in a year. And so I read a great deal of philosophy books and religious staples. And then I started meditating every day when I was 18. And I still have that practice. So I think all of that goes in to seeing how life is and how it fits together and the patterns that show up. I think sometimes we get confused by life Mm -hmm. when I look at life and think it's really pretty simple if we just go back to basics. Having done pneumology for all these years and being the inventor, the lady who who created pneumology, I would imagine you've done thousands and thousands of names by now. I have. (laughs) Let me ask you this. What does the name Sharon mean? Um, now, you have to be able to drop the first name into the last name because the essence of the person is in the first name mm-hmm. and their environmental influence comes from the last name. So we need both nature and nurture. But I can tell you that in just Sharon, in the purity without the environmental influence, it means somebody who is intelligent, that studies, that needs their freedom, 
that is a workaholic but makes a great couch potato at the end of the day. <laughs> Someone who has fairness issues can stand up for others but finds it more difficult standing up for self. Someone who has a rebellious spirit um, wants to be asked things, don't tell her. Yeah. You know, um, somebody who is always seeking the truth, who knows how to nurture others, but again, don't tell her how, don't tell her who, let her do it on her own. And that she has a very good memories, anal retentive to the details, and also has a very logical, practical, deductive reasoning mind. And that's going to be in anybody who has, that's the basic ingredients for anybody that has the name Sharon or Sharon. Well, that certainly is you to the T. You know, I, I I am living my name. I mean, I, I watch, I did a thing in my newsletter just last week and it said, are you living your name? It Does your name fit you? Mm-hmm. And I just asked four questions and then I answered every single email that came back to me. And I just said, this is a match for your name or this is not a match. And it surprised me a little bit because the people that call in for readings generally are living their name. And yet I had some that I went, nothing's matching. And so I think when you're living your name, you're authentic. You know, you're walking your talk. When you don't see yourself the same way that the name is there, I don't know whether it's not that you're not seeing yourself clearly or that you would rather consider yourself to be different than how you are. Because when I've done group readings Mm -hmm. and somebody will say, I don't think that's me. The whole rest of the room that knows them will say, oh, yes, it is. Remember when? And they'll give them all these examples. And this has been so well tested around the world. I know it's accurate. And so I I look at that and I think I encourage the few that came in that that didn't match their names to say, you know, ask these same questions of the people around you and see if they answer it differently than how you think they would answer it. While you were, uh, you know, explaining that, I was wondering if there has been someone that you have done a pneumology session for who has actually had past life regression done, and if they've been able to give you the names in their past lives. And I, I find it interesting to see if there was a correlation in the names if they carried through time. Well, your most immediate past life shows up in your current name. Is that not the coolest thing? Wow. So, and it'll literally say, these were your goals in your most immediate past life. These you completed and these you carried over forward. You're not done yet. So all of that sits in the name. But what happens if somebody's adopted? Oh, I love those. Rob, I absolutely love those, especially if they know what their original name was and then how it got changed. Mm-hmm. And and I've worked with a lot of foster kids on what their parents' names were and, you know, how they benefited by being in the foster system or why their parents, you know, did what they did that ended up with the child in the foster system to give them understanding. It's really helped a lot of kids. But with the, with the babies, when you start with a name, mm-hmm. whatever's on that original document that says what your name is that's what discusses your blueprint for this lifetime and wh- and your timing for it and then whatever name you're going by says how you're going about that blueprint so let's say the blueprint says that we've got to get from new york city to uh, crystal beach ontario okay okay so in the blueprint it'll tell you whether you're going to walk you know hitchhike 
get on a bus, get on a train, get on an airplane, you know, get on a boat. It'll tell you how you're going to go about that. However, if you change your name, the methodology of how you're going to do that traveling is going to change. But you still have the same goal. The goals don't change, just how you go about them change. How about, uh, I've got about 48 seconds before I have to go to my uh, my news break, uh, Sharon. Oh, does this also apply to nicknames? Yes. And when you, somebody calls you a nickname, mm-hmm. Rob, it's literally saying these are the only aspects of you we care to see and the rest of it don't show us. Fascinating. Truly fascinating. Uh, Sharon, stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. And Dexon Nation, our guest this hour is Sharon Lynn Wyeth. And if you'd like to find out more about Sharon, visit knowthename.com and thenamelady.com. And if you'd like to hear past episodes of Sharon's very popular show here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, go to xzbn.net and uh, scroll down to Sharon's name. Click on it. It'll bring you to all the past uh, shows that Sharon has done with us. And they're all available for you to listen to some great guests, some great topics, and always informative, educational, and entertaining. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and Shrone and I will be back on the other side of this news break as we continue here in the Exxon. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, and you can always check out what's playing on the Exxon TV channel, 724-365, at simultv.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. Stuck on you Got this feeling down deep in my soul That I just can't lose Guess I'm on my way Need any friend And the way I feel now I guess I'll be with you till the end Guess I'm on And welcome back, everyone. Starting next week, we have uh, two new shows on the Exxon Broadcast Network. The first one is Ask Sue London, Pet Psychic, and then Beyond Logic. That is going to be hosted by yours truly, where we talk about events that are happening in the world today that are totally beyond logic. And they'll be available to everyone, not only on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and our radio affiliates around the world, but they'll also be available online at xzbn.net. Sean Lynn Wyeth is our guest to this hour. 
there's two websites that you can uh, check all the information that we're talking to you about tonight, as well as getting copies of Sharon's books. The first one is knowthename.com and thenamelady.com. And yes, you can also contact Sharon for a one-on-one consultation about what your name tells the world about you. Um, what about school nicknames? You know, people go to school and everybody's given a nickname in school and it's usually totally different than the nickname your, you know, your friends and family give you. Does that also uh, tell you about anything about the person? It literally says, when, you, when somebody gives you a nickname, it defines what aspect of you that they're going to accept from you mm. and the rest they don't want to see. And so, you know those people that kind of change their personality depending on who they're with? Yep. It's it's literally encouraging people to do that so that you're showing this part of your personality to this person and that part of your personality to another person. And those of us that just say, no, this is my name, don't call me any nickname, it's literally because those people want to be authentically all of who they are with everybody. And not piecemeal it like, what part of me is this person going to accept? But if somebody has a name, like you were just saying, that that is totally, gives the wrong impression, and they say, well, my name, don't don't call them, for example, uh, I'm trying to think of a name here, a- Anthony, for example, don't call me Tony. My name is Anthony. But well, let's say when you do the new, uh, the... Nemology, this person is not giving out the right information. Their their path is totally the wrong path. And wouldn't it be easier to give them a new name than to try and convince them that, you know, you stick with it, pal, you're going the right way? It's remember that that blueprint is written. And according to the basic religions, again, all seven, mm-hmm. you have a blueprint and a real purpose for why you're here. And that is always written in that birth name. And so the person who wants to go by the name that's on their birth certificate is saying that path is my path and I choose to go in that direction and in that modality. Whereas when they agree to respond to a nickname, they're literally changing their modality. They still have to get the blueprint done, but now they're going about it differently. But even even in architectural blueprints, Sharon, there have to be changes made at times. Nothing is nothing is concrete. Nothing is is written in stone when it comes to architecture blueprints. So, is it possible to deviate from the blueprint that you're born with in order to circumvent or meet with certain roadblocks that come up in your life? Well, I look at it that you can either live the life that was planned and accomplish those goals, or you can reject it. But when I look at the most immediate past life Mm -hmm. and how that influences on the name, you can see where somebody rejected part of their life and now they're doing it over again. You know, they're doing that part maybe differently, but it's still there. They still get to have those experiences. The soul still wants the breadth and the depth of that piece of knowledge that the soul already holds. And so... You can always change. I always say you're the author of the book. Mm -hmm. You know, you wrote the blueprint. You wrote the book. You're the author. You can change anything. But is it always in your best interest? And you can change sometimes the spelling. Mm -hmm. Like when newborn 
babies are coming in. And I always say, once you've got the name, then call me. Let me help you spell it. Because there's certain spellings that are going to make the, what you want to experience come easier and more joyfully than some spellings that make it come a lot harder. All right. Sticking with names. Somebody gets married. They change their name. How does this affect their, their blueprint? Okay, so they're normally changing their last name. Mm -hmm. And the last name is always their environmental influence. So now you're listening to different people. You're going to be more open or close to different ideas that are coming in now from your environment. So your environment has changed, but your blueprint hasn't changed. So as long as we keep the the first name, the blueprint stays stays the same. The blueprint stays the same regardless. You can change all your names, and the blueprint stays the same. Again, it's how you go about that blueprint that changes. Well, what if a person wants to legally change their name? Is well, it, I did that. Well, does that change the blueprint? Nope. Why the not? The blueprint's whatever was written on that birth certificate. But what happens in a case where we don't know what the name was at the time of birth? For example, a mother gives up her child before the child, you know, as soon as the child is born. It's the state or the government that gives the child the name. Okay. So what's really interesting on those, Rob, is I have found even when I know the birth name and then I know the adopted name, Mm -hmm. there's not usually that much difference between them. It's like the new parents somehow in the universe, they're given what that child needs or requires And so there's very little difference. Most of the difference is like, let's say it says they're going to be a leader. It's how they go about the leadership that might change, but not the fact that they're supposed to be a leader. And so I've done so many of adopted people that knew both sets of names that even if you don't know your adopted name, I can ask a few questions and figure out where the changes would have been from what your adopted, what your original name was and your adopted name, because they're going to be very close. So if all this is predestined, what's the sense of life? If we have a predestiny to fulfill certain goals and obligations, where does free will come in? Well, free will is how we go about it and when we do it. Not what we came to learn, but how we go about the learning and when we choose to acquire the learning. But who decides what, who, what, when, where, why we actually come here for? I think you do it with your master guide. I think we have guidance on the other side. And so it's all planned out. The major events are planned out. The minor ones aren't. How we get from one major event to another one is not planned out. I think we plan out the sequence of a life and saying, okay, if all goes well, we're making these choices and this is what we're going to do. And you get down here and you go, eh, I changed my mind. I want to now do it this way, or I'm going to go about it that way. And we get to decide when we tackle something and how we tackle it. So let's say that life is like train tracks and they're already laid. Okay, so you're on that train. Mm -hmm. You can decide at what stop you want to jump off and go do a side trip before you come back to the train and get back on it again. You can decide how fast or how slow the train drives on those tracks. You can decide if there's going to be new tracks laid. You know, but the end destination is still going to remain the same. But what's the purpose? When we look at it from the way that you're describing life, what's the purpose? Why are all these souls coming to this planet going through what they're going through based on a decision that hasn't been made by them? Well, but see, 
I think you do make those choices and those decisions. You're totally in charge of you. And if we all realized what creative beings we were Mm -hmm. and how powerful we actually are in being able to create the lives that we choose to live because we come with certain purposes and certain goals of the learning that we came to acquire. And I think when we really become responsible and say, hey, I did this to me, just like I had an accident, you know, and and anyway, I had to go through surgery and I'm now healing. But I look at it and I think, okay, why would I have created this for me? You know, it causes me to slow down. It causes me to have more time to finish the book that's coming out next month. It caused, you know, I had to look at it and say, why would I do this on a soul level to me when it's such an inconvenience? You know, what would be the purpose? And I think when we take, you know, credit or literally acknowledging that we help co-create everything that happens in our life, it is actually empowering because there's no more of the blame game. There's no more, oh, that happened to me or this person did it to me. It's more like, hey, we can create distortions together. And then how did that help us learn? And maybe we just learned we don't like that distortion, you know, but it, it makes it a lot more pleasant and a lot more grateful to be in life. And I actually think it causes us to be happier. Hmm, I've got a chew on that while we take this commercial break. Exonation, our guest this hour is Sharon Lynn Wyeth. And if you'd like to get more information about uh, Sharon, visit her website. There's two websites, actually, knowthename.com and thenamelady.com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. I was walking home from school on a cold winter day. Took a shortcut through the woods and I lost my way. It was getting late and I was scared and alone. But then a kind old man took my hand and led me home. Now, Mama couldn't see him. Oh, but he was standing there And I knew in my heart He was the answer to my prayers Oh, I believe there are angels among us Sent down to us from somewhere up above They come to you and me in our darkest hours to show us how to live to teach us how to give to guide us with a light of love Exonation Sharon Lynn Wyeth is our guest this hour 
two websites, www.knowthename.com and thenamelady.com. Uh, Sharon, when it comes to uh, using nemology, how could people in business and in, and in industry use your scientific method of nemology to their advantage? Well, I'll tell you how they're using it now. HR departments contact me and they'll say, here's the job description and here's the people that have applied. Who do we want to interview? Who do we want to hire? And I was tested over a six-month period from a very large company and they did that and no feedback and once a week we were just going over everybody who had applied and it took four and a half months and I finally got some feedback and he said, you know, for four and a half months now, my team has read all the resumes, interviewed everybody, called all the references and recommended a number one and a number two. And in 15 minutes on the phone with you, because they wouldn't give me anything ahead of time, they want to make sure I wasn't cheating somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, you've given us the exact same number one and number two, only this is the first time our number one and two is your number two and one. Why are they reversed? And when I said, you'd probably be happy with either one, but this is why. You know, I put this one first and that one second. His response was, nobody would talk to us about that. You know, if we ask for references, it's not a topic that would come up. And he's, he would probably be working with us for a year before we'd even notice that. And that you've been so accurate, we're going with yours instead of mine. You know, and so a lot of HR companies will do that with me. And the other thing they like to do is when there's disturbance and two employees are not getting along, but the company wants to keep both of them, they'll call me and they'll just give me the names and say, how do we get these two people to work well together? What needs to happen? And you can look at the names and figure it out. And so that's how the HR departments are utilizing it. The attorneys are using it to help them choose juries and to know how to present a case in front of a judge because you want to be able to pick on the judge's issues so like if the judge had fairness issues, you would want to say in your you know, presentation, well, how fair is this? And look at this and how fair is that? You know, you want to be able yeah. to pick on where their issues are to give them sympathy with your client. And then you want to make sure you're also having the right wording so that your client can feel that you're doing the very best job for the client that you possibly could. But what happens so, when there's a jury involved? Uh, oh, you can... Ch- when the attorney is choosing the jury, mm-hmm. you work with them ahead of time. I work with them ahead of time and I go, okay, are we doing this case logically? Are we doing this case on emotions? What's your strategy? How are you going to you know, work this case? And then I'm a little earbud when they say the name because you know, they get to choose their jury people. Yeah. And I literally say, this is what we're looking for. So I give them a percentage of how close that name matches what our goals are. Right. But during during a jury selection, the choice has to be the same choice for the defense and the prosecution. Right. But you get to refuse some and accept others. And the ones that are like neutral mm-hmm. that I go, okay, we could sway. Then we work with what wording has to be said or what language is can be used to help persuade that part of the jury member. All right, you've got 12 different people, 12 different personalities, 12 different, uh, um, what did you call them, blueprints. Mm-hmm. So how do, how do you manipulate all 12? Okay, first, we don't want to manipulate, we want to influence. And what's, the, what's the difference in wording here? Okay, because if we're manipulating, somebody's feeling used and like they're being pushed against their grain. Mm-hmm. But when we're using influence, 
and persuasiveness right. then we're guiding them in their thinking where they nice you know they very nicely go along with us because they can see the reasoning in it so oh. they're not feeling like they're being pushed or you know nobody likes to feel manipulated and how it works is your communication style lies in the first vowel of your first name mm-hmm. there's only six vowels a e i o u and y right and so at the very most, you're going to only have six that you've got to address. And there's commonalities between different vowels. So you really look at what are the communication vowels that are there and how do we need to say something. And maybe we need to say it twice, once for this group and once for that group. You know, because whether mm-hmm. somebody's basically coming from their mental thinking, which is the A's, the O's, and the Y's, right. or they're coming from their open hearts which are the E's, the I's, and the U's. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sometimes you just want to phrase things as you're coming across where you hit both the emotion and the mind, and you can tell from the rest of the name how it needs to be phrased. Now, if you're hired by the defense, is the prosecution, given the information that, that you have acquired during your service, to the other party? No. Isn't that a little unfair? No. Why not? It's not. Um, every attorney is going to use anything they can to get the upper edge because they're hired by their client to do the very best job they can for their client. And so it's just like um, some lawyers learn how to do face reading Mm -hmm. because that gives them an edge. It's attorneys are always looking for what's going to give me an edge to help me win the case for my client. Do you, uh, have you, I, I would imagine that you've done many cases for the defense, but have you also worked with prosecution? The answer is yes. Okay. It, right. It's pretty well balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm called in most often by attorneys that are working with custody cases and custody battles between parents and where should the kids go. All right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Is there, is there such a thing as a bad name? The answer is that's a judgment call. I want to say there's some very challenging names. Um, there's names that say that that person's a psychopath. There's names that say this person is like a date raper. Mm-hmm. There's names that indicate that this person lies all the time. There's some really challenging names there. To me, a challenging name is the one where we all have challenges to go through, but our names also give us the gifts and the talents and able to master those challenges. And when I see a lot of challenges in a name that is lacking the gifts and talents to master those challenges, I think that is a very difficult name. I would imagine that pneumology is a, is a, nece- a necessary tool in the online dating industry. Only if they gave you their real name. A lot of people make up their names when they're going online. Okay, but if they make up a name, sh- isn't there a way that pneumology should be able to pick this up? Because the person would pick a name that resonates with them and if it resonates with them wouldn't that would this not be part of their blueprint no in fact what they what we found a lot because i i did some stuff looking at the online dating Mm -hmm. and and looking what was happening and a, a lot of people make up a name of who they would like to envision themselves to be like that has nothing based in reality is it possible that the name they use is from a past life You know, I always look at it, it's a possibility, and yet I say I discount that more often than not. And the reason for that is if they've mastered those skills from a past life, Mm -hmm. you would see it in this lifetime. 
you know, it would be easy. It would be something that they've mastered and it just flows and it wouldn't have to be pretense or really hard for them to do. But it is possible. It is possible. So what's new for you? Now, you said you had a, something to give our listeners tonight. Yes. The third book, which is Know the Name, Know How to Connect, mm-hmm. because it's so important in our relationships for the quality of our lives that we're able to get along with the people around us, that you can literally have access to it free. If you go to knowthename.com, any page but the homepage, and sign up, and it literally will say, do you want to, co- you know, access to this free book? And then you say yes, and you fill out the information, and then you come back to the website mm-hmm. underneath the member tab, and the email will tell you, here's your membership sign-in, right. here's your password, and you can come right back to the site and read it. Okay, and that's at knowthename.com? Correct. All right. Sharon, um, we've got about 30 seconds. What are your final thoughts for the Exonation Nation tonight? You know, you honor somebody when you call them by the name that they wish to be called. That's it? That's it. I give you 30 seconds, you use 10 seconds? (laughs) What the hell is going on here? (laughs) This is a gift to anybody that we do do gift certificates, and it is a gift that somebody will remember for the rest of their life. A name reading is incredibly impactful. Sharon, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. Always a great pleasure, and uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, appreciate it, Rob. Always good to connect with you. Take care now. And ExoNation, if you'd like to find out more about Sharon, visit www.knowthename.com and thenamelady.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Don't go away. 